Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Greetings Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Rome, here we are, right outside of the Trevi Fountain. This is Father Mike. And Father John, and we have a special uh, guest for us today. It is an honor and a privilege to be with you good men today. Father Christopher Lebsock. Priest of God from Montana. He's good with us. We needed a new laugh track girl since we ha- we don't have Steph Dunbar around, so we are really excited to have uh, Father I Chris, can't so. laugh like Steph Dunbar. I know. But yeah, you can't. But we're probably a bit close. We were in high school together. So back at Sky. We share something of a laugh. The Montana goodness, right? The Montana goodness. Well, it's good to have you with us. We are um, happy to have Father Chris because uh, he's our only other friend in Europe. And uh, so we hang out together on Friday nights and and drink this fine brandy and whiskey together. But also because we had a... uh, No, keep that mic over there for a second. We had a shout-out request from a huge Father Chris Lebsock fan. Please put him on the podcast. We're sick of you and Father Mike. So what do you got for us here? So this shout-out request via email... Okay, how could I not shout out my family first? Okay. Slip Ron, Barty, Matt, Sean, Nick, Connor, Lebsock. I love those guys. Right. Barty's getting uh, after it right now. Uh, and I, okay. Congratulations. I'm to like. The, congratulations to the Lebsock clan on their first of the new generation, Benjamin. They're, they're regular listeners to the podcast. and Benjamin it, can already shoulder press more than I can, and he's only six weeks old. So. Yeah, we got, we got Carly and Samantha in the family. And then little Benjamin. It's little Benjamin. He's like. I don't know how, how many weeks old, but he's already working on his uh, trapezius uh, muscles, uh, getting some tummy time, lifting that head up. Man, he can hold it up like a champ. That's right. And he just grunts it out and then re- relaxes his head, That's right. stares at the floor for a bit, and then he goes right back up with it. So it's, He's going to be like that until he's in sixth grade and wants to play the oboe, and then he's going to end up like... <laughs> what if there's a generational shift, like none of them want to play sports, and it's just like... You know, no offense. There's somebody who's listen, who plays the oboe who's listening to this podcast. He's upset now. So we like the oboe, but we can't imagine the lip socks. <laughs> yeah, we can't imagine either. So Ben's going to play football yeah. along with the oboe. Okay, to the shout out. Yeah, so the shout out, uh, Matthew Sewell, uh, his mother does great work in the Diocese of Helena, uh, Mama Joan, Mama J. Uh, but Matthew Sewell sent this email uh, to fathers John and Mike, and he says, as a graduate of the Venerable Carroll College and former counselor and Moose brother, at the August summer, August summer camp legendary lodge, to use a Father Chris descriptor, I wanted to ask if at some point while you're studying in Rome, a special guest host appearance by Father Chris Lebsock could be arranged. I think it goes without saying that that would be, in a word, Epic. Epic is right. And then he also requests, uh, could I please request a shout out to my beautiful wife, Corey. Corey was at Legendary Lodge when I was a counselor there like numerous years back. Very happy for Matthew and Corey. And our good friends, Paige and Lewis Cutter, who recently moved to Denver from here in Spokane, Washington. Spoke Compton. Spoke Compton. Very nice. Yeah. Well, thank you, Matthew, Thanks for the Matt email. And, uh, so we're going to have you um, lead a, uh, a topic for us in the new year. 
Father Chris, for those of you who don't know him, is also a, a medical doctor. So we're hoping he'll do something on bioethics. He's doing a license right now in moral theology. That's why you get words like trapezius. Trapezius, right. And uh, so we're looking forward to... He's got a lot of, lot of great topics with which actually have research and content, unlike the usual topics. No offense, Father Mike, but, you know, ours are a little shabby compared Father to Father Mike's topics are rich. That's right. So, anyway, Thank you, Father Chris Lepsock. So, Father, so thank you to Matthew and, uh, and to the uh, family and friends of Father Chris up in uh, Montana. This is not the last of him. You will hear from him again. That's great. I hope one of your first topics is, what is a moose brother? Yes, moose brothers. <laughs> I'm curious about moose brothering. Speaking of Moose Brothers, we are um, kind of coming off of a, uh, a difficult couple of weeks. We had a visitor here in town, Father Nathan Goble. Our Goebel, own Moose Brother. Our own Moose Brother, the one and only Natty Ice himself. Uh, the guy stormed Rome. He, I think if he would have stayed for 48 hours more, he would have been at least student body president of our residence, if not, you know, Minister of Finance in, in Rome or something. He was a smashing he's, success here. He's a class clown. Yes. I, w- I think he's a class clown. He's he's a popular kid. Yes. In spite of his, whatever, his protest. But That's right. Uh, he entertained the whole house. Uh, kind of, it's, it's a rather formal house here sometimes. And I think he shook it up a little bit and was a little too obnoxious for the... Some of the crowd, but that's right. I think it was good. It was a little taste of Denver. That's right. A little mile high madness. Mile high madness. We felt the we felt the love having him here, but then we were um, happy to see him go and uh, actually get down to business and write our papers. We had a lot of fun. We had to kind of detox for a couple of weeks afterwards, and uh, but now we're back. Kind of a uh, AST levels are stabilized, right? So except for when we lived. <laughs> except for when we lived. So. The uh, uh, great to have him out here, and um, we miss you. We do miss. We're going to see him in a couple weeks here when we're back stateside. So that's it for Goble. So to the topic here, right? To the topic. Everybody's talking about. Oh, we need to time this too. By the way, we got to keep it down. What are we going for again for timing? I think thirty. Thirty. Under thirty. Under thirty. We're going to go under thirty tonight. So um, okay, so we're going to jump into a topic that was referenced. in a past podcast. Wait a minute. Does that mean you're doing your topic? Oh yeah, we were going to fight over this. We one. were going to we were going to joust, and then he just goes for it. I think Father Chris should decide. Now you now you know Father John a little more. Yeah. So Father Chris, <laughs> do you want the same? Father Chris Nepple and I ne- are are sharing a microphone. Do you want the same no, boring you know topic, should- philosophical topics, or do you want Mike's boring exegesis? No, I think you should do it because. Because uh, we're sharing a mic over here. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Are you concerned about my voice? It's fragile. I'm concerned about that hair. Bronchitis. The squirrel. I do have a little bit of bronchitis. Little remnants. A little remnants. I am growing out the squirrel nest. Yeah. The. Um, All right, I'm going to jump in. You're going. I'm, yeah. I'm just, okay, go for it. Well, you already started your kind of preface, but. Well, it doesn't matter. We can uh, fight for another 23 minutes on this. All right, you keep the time. Go for I'll it. I'll start talking. Just go for it. What about when you get into the spiritual life, you're in for a battle? <laughs> All right? You're in for a battle. You're going up against some major forces. The three great sources of temptation, I'm not thinking of Ignatius of Loyola, but the three classical sources of temptation are what? Lust of the eyes. 
Uh, well, you're thinking of the parable. World flesh, That's and, good. world, flesh, and the devil. Yes, he got it. Okay, he got it. World, flesh, and the devil. Uh, I'm going to take it in a different order. Flesh, world, and devil. But this is, uh, it does correspond to the parable that you're referring to, the parable of the sower. Um, it also corresponds to the temptation of Jesus. I'm going to take us way back. All way right? back. Way back to the prophet Daniel. Okay. Do you, how much do you know about the prophet Daniel? Very little. Yeah? Yeah. Well, this is great, because you're going to learn something today. All right. Okay, so... Uh, well, I'm so excited. These three great... Are guys. you excited? No. Okay, sorry. Let's go. Are you making fun of me no, already? Sorry. The uh, prophet Daniel. Here we the go. The prophet Daniel. Okay, so... Uh, what do we got? We got the, the, the flesh, the world, and the devil. So the... First half of the book of Daniel is made up of wisdom didactic tales, <laughs> and the second half of the book of Daniel is made up of visions of the prophet Daniel, okay. or of Daniel. Okay, um, The first half is what interests me. What is a wisdom didactic tale, you ask? <laughs> I could see the curiosity in your eyes. It is a, uh, it is a story told with a lesson at the end, a short story uh, with, uh, with 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 a profound impact, something like the tortoise and the hare, mm. or like a, a popular wisdom didactic tale, the boy who cried wolf. You know these stories. You know the short little stories that people know that uh, give give some sort of lesson. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yep. With you. Okay. So you're so you're ready for for Daniel. Uh, so I want to look at the first three chapters of Daniel. How many chapters total? There's 12 chapters in Daniel. 12 chapters, okay. It's been a little while. Yeah. First chapter is written in Hebrew. Second to the seventh chapter are written in Aramaic. And then the eighth to the twelfth are in Hebrew again. Crazy. It's a mess of a book. A lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. Okay, so uh, first chapter. A lot of fun for guys like us. The, oh, the, man. Pause. For, the highlight of our week was we found out that in Evernote you can highlight... And it can highlight straight lines by pressing shift. Maybe that was my highlight. So we're losing touch with reality. So, Nerd alert. Yeah. But we're excited. Evernote's good. And the book of Daniel, didactics. When my, my dad would wear these, wear these pants that are like high-watered, you know? You know those pants? They're kind of nerd alert pants. Yes. And my, uh, my sisters like to ask him, where's the flood? So if you ever see me in those things. Where's just, the flood? Where's the flood? Gotcha. Okay, Daniel begins in chapter 1 with King Nebuchadnezzar, famous villain, uh, Neo-Babylonian king, uh, but he's just a character in the story at, at this point. Okay, so Nebuchadnezzar uh, sacks the temple in Jerusalem, takes all the goods away, takes uh, the people into exile, including Daniel and some of his friends. And then, the, and then the story begins with Nebuchadnezzar wants to find the wisest people in his kingdom and build up a team of wise people, okay? So he gathers the locals, he gathers anybody who he's brought as slaves, like these, these exiled Jews, and, um, and he's looking for the best and the brightest. Now, where are they, like modern day? Iraq? Yeah, this would be about Baghdad. Okay. Okay. Um, well, the the story doesn't actually say, but it you know it would have been in the area. Okay. okay. 
and it doesn't really matter a whole lot to the story. Okay. Uh, it's just the king and then his court, right? Okay, so you got Daniel and his three friends whose names are? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Abednego. Good. And Those Spanish. Are, right. Those are their name. Aramaic names that the king gives them. Um, and they'll kind of come and go through the stories at the beginning of, uh, of Daniel, in the first half of Daniel. But they're there in the, first cha- in the first chapter. The first chapter says that the king wants to um, kind of win over their loyalty. Remember that he's taken them as slaves. He's exiled these people. He wants to win over their loyalty and promote them into positions of power. So he's going to educate them. He's going to educate them in local things. And then he's going to bribe them. Um, with the rich foods from the king's table. This is a, a Persian, they use a Persian word that is the pot bag. The pot bag. The pot bag. So you're going to learn some words here. Is it like haggis? Pot bag. Like the haggis we eat in Scotland? It could be like haggis. That doesn't look too appetizing to a lot of people. But the pot bag. But really? So pot bag means the the riches of the king. of the king. And it could mean just anything awesome. That the king is trying to bribe their, their whatever their interest with, get them on board in his program, the pot bag, the pot okay. bag. So, um, the story says that Daniel and his companions refuse to take the pot bag. They refuse to take the rich food from the king's table. They eat a, a more humble fare and survive only off of vegetables um, because they don't want the bribery of the king. And they're not saying they refuse to help the king or to, to display their wisdom. They just refuse to play by his rules and to accept his whatever. So you're saying... All, all the dainties. You're saying they're punk. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, they are punk rock. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Well, it's true that they are, they are very punk. They won't... They, they're sticking it to the man. I think you should do your dissertation on punk hermeneutics. I think that would be a, the lens I don't by think which I can get view. it to pass. I'll write a book about it, though. That sounds good. After, what's your other book going to be called? Um, oh, I forgot the, the head. Chill Out something. Chill, oh, yeah. <laughs> Chill the hell out. How to relax, a, a Catholic's guide to relaxing without eating marijuana. Exactly. It's expect- Chill the hell out. See, it's like a play on words. We got it, yeah, yeah. You like it? It's expected to sell dozens of copies. Where And it's related to the pot bag. <laughs> the pot right? bag, okay. Back okay. to the pot bag. So they reject the pot bag. And they prove themselves to be the wisest in the kingdom. The king says, well, you're not even going to survive. If you don't eat this food, if you don't eat the food from the king's table, the pot bag, you're not going to survive on your vegetables. So then they come and check three weeks later, and here they are, the strongest in the court, the wisest in the court. Their advice is ten times better than any of the advice of the other uh, magicians and enchanters and wise men of the, of the foreign court. Okay, so these guys were given the wisdom of God instead of taking the pot bag from the king. They were given the haskel. You got that one? Haskel. Haskel. Okay, so they refuse the pot bag, and they're given the haskel, the wisdom of, uh, of God. So the pot bag, um, going back to our temptations, the, the pot bag is the flesh. This is all of the... the I don't know, the, the, the pleasures of life, the possible pleasures of life. I think of um, chocolate, mm. of, uh, I think of 
skiing. I think one of the most dangerous temptations in my life was to say, I'm not going to follow you, Lord. I'm not going to follow your mission because I'd rather just ski the rest of my life and be a ski bum, hang out, have fun, live my life for the fun of the moment. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you know about the, the I, temptation of the flesh? I know that feeling. Yep. I, uh, I, I'll be up there with you in Crested Butte. So, and some days it looks pretty good, you know. It doesn't just go away. Yeah, and there's all kinds of things. People live for video games. People live for, um, I don't know, all kinds of pleasures, right? Right. We could name, we could name a lot, right. but it's, it's, rather, it's rather base. You like video games, Chris? Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons for Father Chris. You know? If the pot bag includes Goldeneye 007, I think, yeah, that's, that's a tough pot, pot bag to It'd refuse. You got to reject the pot bag. Mixed weapons on the, what do we say? Grenade launcher stack was always <laughs> my stack. favorite. <laughs> okay, back to the pot bag. <laughs> the landmines? Okay, so you're moving to, you're moving to chapter two. From chapter two? All right, you got like four minutes here. We're Do I? Two. No, you got, you got more than that, but we got hustle. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I'm sorry. I, well, we we're got trying help. to provide the people with the content. Well, and we're not helping. <coughs> okay, so <laughs> chapter two. The king has a dream, but he can't remember his dream, but it really disturbs him. Okay. Have you ever had that experience? Every night. <laughs> yeah, I know. Every day we I go like to... I'd to ask you about every, that. Every morning we get up and we walk to either do a holy hour at the Jesu, at the tomb of St. Ignatius, or um, we get on the bus and say Mass at St. Peter's. And every morning I tell them my dream because I have to, t- I have to talk to them because they're crazy. And every morning they don't ask and they're very kind and saying, okay, that's great. And you're just like Nebuchadnezzar. I'm like Nebuchadnezzar, which is also the name of but the ship remember from your which dreams. sci-fi film. Maybe sci-fi. A ship? Matrix. Matrix. There you go. Okay. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. There you go. That was good. I didn't know that. Good job. That's not really sci-fi. I was going to say Star Trek. Go for it. Okay. So uh, Nebuchadnezzar two. is disturbed because he can't remember his dream and he doesn't know why he's so upset. You know, he wakes up upset. And so he said, he calls everybody, all the wise men in his kingdom, and he says, tell me my dream and give me its interpretation. What does it mean? Why am I so upset? Nobody can tell him. They try to avoid it and everything. Daniel steps up and he says, O king, I can do it, right? So he goes and he says his prayers, and it's revealed to him um, through prayer what the king's dream is. He tells the king his dream. It's about um, a statue that has... Um, a, a golden head, and then a silver chest, and then a bronze waist, and then some iron legs and clay feet. You remember this part? Yeah. And the a great stone, not made by human hands, comes and crushes the, the the statue. Well, it's a famous story. It's very important. It's supposed to be about the kingdoms of man against the kingdom of God. But what I want to point out is simply that... Um, there is a mystery that Daniel has access to that no one else has. Um, This word for mystery in Aramaic is raza. Raza. Raza is the word for mystery. Um, It's a mystery. I tried to think of like mystery examples, and all I could think of was um, Sherlock Holmes and Sixth Sense. Nice. You remember the sixth sense? My brother blew the ending of that for me. Yes. Oh, that's a good. 
He's that's such great. a piece of crap, that kid. Yeah. No, so. that's great because that's that's like the point. So that you have this mystery where somebody knows the end, and then somebody doesn't know what's going on. Right? When you're watching a film and you have never seen it before, you say, "I don't know what's going to happen." I'm looking forward to seeing, finding out what happens. And uh, you don't want somebody spoiling it, but they know everything that happens, all the things that come together, that get tied together in the end of the show. Well, this is the case with Daniel. He knows God in heaven has the answers to everything that happens in, in the world's history. And the whole meaning of life and all of the problems are, are known to God. But this mystery is hidden in the heavens. And the things on earth, people are left confused and looking for um, answers to these to this Raza, the great Raza, the great mm. mystery. Um, Daniel prays and is given a glimpse of the of this little tiny piece, which is Nebuchadnezzar's dream. But um, it it tells us that uh, life presents us with a with a variety of problems, and the world tempts us with trying to answer every question and get control of our lives and of the world by uh, our own our own means but we can't we can't only god has the answers to everything and god can figure things out so here's the temptation of the world right now we live in a world that's really messy no you watch the watch the news and you're going to be rather disappointed with how the world is going there's all this crazy stuff going on in the middle east it threatens uh people living in safety in the west it's um, there's problems at home, there's problems in our own lives, and our answer is always to want to control it, figure it out. Mm. How can I figure out my life? How can I figure out these problems? How can political solutions be made? How can governments fix everything? And this, the point of chapter two of Daniel is governments cannot fix everything. We cannot fix ourselves. We can't figure everything out. Some things are known only to God, and the only way that we have access to those raza is if somehow we are connected to God. Now, spoiler alert for Daniel, Daniel didn't know about Jesus. Jesus comes along and reveals everything uh, that is necessary for us to know, to come to know God. He reveals all of the raza of God, and in a particular and special way, he reveals mysteries uh, by giving us access to the mysteries, letting us participate in the mysteries that are the meaning of everything. Uh, this is the word that becomes sacrament, sacrament for us, yeah. right? So we have seven, seven ways of tapping into, experiencing the great mysteries of the meaning of everything. Mm. And we don't see the whole picture. We're not going to see the whole picture until heaven. But in the meantime, we get this great preview in in the sacraments okay it's good i like that um i never thought of the temptations of the world in light of control and uh being a rather controlling person myself that's 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 an interesting kind of perspective to see it as and then mystery as being kind of the the response to that the revelation of mystery yeah don't you also get a preview in isaiah it's either like seven nine or eleven with the gifts of the holy spirit that will come and it's anticipated that the Messiah will not just bring new law, right? They always had laws in the Old Testament. 
to try to figure out life and the meaning of life. But he will bring the spirit and it will, he has these gifts and wisdom is one of them. And we do receive that when we're baptized, our souls become disposed to receive gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Baptism was for a long time called enlightenment huh. and it's uh, boy, right? not in a Gnostic way. Like we have all of these like bits of facts or anything, but it opens our eyes to be able to see life in a much more profound way, a transcendent way. This is our lives share in the mystery of the grand story of God. And I think that's the one thing I would say on it is when we talk about the mystery of God being revealed, it's not like Steve spoiling the end of Sixth Sense for me, which is like, well, that's it. But it actually leads us more deeply into the mystery. So the, more, more, the more things are revealed, mm-hmm. the more God is imminent in the incarnation, the more actually the, the mystery deepens the transcendence. You know, so there's that kind of weird interplay. Yeah. So, yeah. Unlike those mysteries, you can never quite figure this out. Right. You're not supposed to. Right. It's supposed to lead you from glory to glory, wonder to wonder. It's supposed to open your wonder. Um, okay. So then, uh, how's our time? Uh, I think it. I. We got time for one more. <laughs> okay. We, we got, got one more temptation. Got, yes. I get one more temptation. Good. We're only like seventeen minutes in. Really? Since you since you started. Oh, yeah, but we got to include the shout-out time. The okay, here we go. Um, n- we're not slaves to the clock. Not slaves to the clock. We're free men. Okay, uh, <laughs> chapter three. We have the, the, the flesh, the world, and then the devil. So what happens in chapter three? This Nebuchadnezzar gets kind of tricked by his courtiers into building a golden statue of himself and then saying, everyone in my kingdom has to worship my statue. And then he brings all of these musicians, and he says, when the musicians play, everybody bows down. You know, uh, When the musicians play their music, everybody's got to bow down. And everybody in the whole kingdom does it, except our three, our three old friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They won't bow down when the king tells them to and plays his music. Uh, they fight against the system, you know? Uh, they're not going to worship this idolatrous king. They're not going to worship his stupid statue. They, are, they say, we worship God, and we worship God alone. And Nebuchadnezzar says, great, okay, see if your God can save you. Throws him in that fiery furnace, and we know the end of the story. The, the, there's some other figure that walks with them in the furnace. They're safe. They come out of the, f- the furnace unscathed. And then uh, the king celebrates that their God must be the real God, because how could this possibly happen? And there's this sort of conversion moment for Nebuchadnezzar at this point that's really awesome. He humbles himself and says, I thought I was the best thing that exists, but there is a God that is so much greater than anything else, right? Okay, so the image that, that, that you're given is these three guys burning in the, in the furnace, and uh, for, for the majority of history, people have asked, how does God let his people, why didn't he save them before they burned in the, in the furnace? Why do they have to go into the furnace and, and get messed, you know, just like threatened that way? Why do they have to be tested or something like that? I don't think we have an answer to that, but we do have our own experience that tells us this happens. 
that there's lots of temptation that we endure. Um, it's like the fires of hell sometimes, uh, that, that the devil can afflict us, um, and somehow this is going to work for the greater glory of God. Uh, those three young men in the furnace, uh, they sing a song, a great song that we pray every Sunday or on solemnities. When is it? Uh, yeah, I think it's both. Right, you're talking about morning mountains prayer? and hills. Bless, bless the Lord. Lord. Dolphins, seas and rivers, dolphins, dolphins and, water, and creatures, <laughs> birds of the air and fish of the sea. Bless the Lord. Praise and exalt Him above all forever. So this is the, that's this, what they're singing in the furnace. They, they, yeah, they're sitting there burning in the furnace, and they decide to sing a song of praise to God. It's awesome. I love it. It's a very punk rock moment. Father Chris would be singing Sad But True by Metallica as he was sitting in there. But Sing what you want. <laughs> sing to God. It's, it's, it's this praise moment. So there's tons of No, affliction. end of the line. Is that what we were listening to today? The little master slave. Dialogue. That's what we'd be singing. The slave becomes the master. That's what we'd be singing. Sorry, go ahead. That's great. Chris knows what I'm talking about. Anybody who listens to Metallica knows what I'm talking about. Go ahead. Um... Okay, so then dolphins and creatures. These guys are singing about dolphins and creatures, <laughs> birds of the air, insects, all greenery, uh, <laughs> shrubbery. But they're they're singing the praises of God, and they're saying the whole world blesses God and praises God. Um, okay, so in the midst of the fire, there's there's temptation all over the place, and fire is always an image of something close to the devil and his wiles. The uh, book of Revelation, Revelation 12.10, says this guy is an accuser. Mm. But because of the victory of Jesus, the accuser of our brethren is cast out, who night and day accuse them before God. This is what the devil does. The devil threatens our faith, hope, and love with his own doubt and despair and discouragement and fear and, uh, and with blame. So he tries to undermine our growth spiritually by putting in all of this temptation into our head of deception. He's going to accuse us. He's going to tell us, we are, you're not loved by God. You are not a child of God. And you should be worried about life. You should be afraid. Um, but just like that fire, we can fight the whole devil's madness and the real threat that, that we're afraid of by praise of God. If you just turn to God, you look at things of heaven, you, uh, you turn to prayer, uh, it's a great, great response to the devil's uh, trying to undermine our sense, our confidence of the Father's love and of our own um, ability to grow, our own hope for, for our, our spiritual future. Very nice. Father Brady Wagner was the first one who ever, he just like was talking about it one time in a homily and it just like clicked, you know, like the light turned on. The accusation is never of God. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing, I think when we're doing spiritual direction or helping people and when we're talking together in fraternal group, it's always like when you hear that accusation, it's like, this is not, this is not of God. This yeah. is, this is, uh, you know, and uh, I think if we, if we were more attentive to that, I think it would make a huge difference. Yeah. The fire of the devil. Yeah, tomorrow we celebrate eight years as companions. Eight years ago we started this crazy operation. Father Chris is a companion. Um, and uh, we, uh, as we get older, you know, I think we're realizing more and more, it's like the Christian faith is about perseverance. Yeah. The feelings come and go. It's just about doing the will of God day in and day out, fidelity in the little things, and persevering. 
and even in those moments when there's accusation and confusion and deception, just to say, we got to keep at it. And it doesn't really matter how long or how bad the fire is uh, of the furnace, but there's always people in there with you and that we just have to kind of continue to praise. I think something common to all of our experience, and I can, I can just guarantee as a fact across town at the North American College, there's a bunch of seminarians in their rooms getting burnt up by this fire of the devil accusing them, telling them, you're worthless, you're not going to be a good priest, all of this. And we all live through that in the seminary. It's happening at St. John Vianney in Denver. That's a part of this purifying fire. But then contrast that to really the praise of God that comes from living life and community, supporting each other as brothers, uh, yeah, just praising God for the identity that we're given in our consecration uh, and the possibility of, of living it out, despite how difficult it is. Uh, but it really is beautiful. Praise God for that. And absolutely yeah, the accuser in if Jesus you don't, name can if go. If you don't have somebody in your life who can, who can help you identify the accusation um, and then help you resist it, then it becomes insanely difficult, if not impossible on your own, unless yeah. you're really advanced in the spiritual life. You got to have somebody. And to rejoice in another guy's joys. Yeah. You know, it's not only like, okay, you know, like a support in a negative way, but just, when you're when you're around other guys and you and you see their joys and you can say we're friends, I share their joy. Mm-hmm. Um, it just takes you out of yourself and yeah. out of your own worries and out of your own demons or whatever that is. You know, absolutely. So well done, world flesh well and done. devil. I like a few that. tools sh- from Daniel to fight that a, battle. That would be a great retreat. Have you ever thought about that? Uh. <laughs> okay, shout outs. <laughs> I, uh, I'll do a shout out here um, my shout out goes to an altar server in St. Peter's named Stefano whose name is actually Martin. Martin. Martino I've been calling this kid Stefano for three months every every Tuesday, Thursday, ciao Stefano and he says ciao padre he told me his name was Stefano, I think he's a little punk I think he's going yeah, to be Giuseppe be in two months. But anyways, we like that kid. I bet his name's John. When you say Mass in St. Peter's, these little altar servers, they're kind of, there's like an army of them, and they, they bring you out to your altar at 7 o'clock in the morning. It's a great thing, but we get to know these funny little characters. They're kind of salty little dogs, but uh, we like them. So I'll give a shout-out to my friend Antonio at the coffee bar. Antonio. He teaches me Catholic stuff, I should know. That's right. He's well, always informing like, me. He, he tells me about... Like uh, the different angels, um, he's he's kind of into this thing about like he's got to prove that he really knows his stuff, right? And he's got he's like really well catechized, right? And I'm wearing a collar, so then he says, "Oh, priest, you know, like check this out. I know about Gabriel and Michael." That's right. So yeah, blessings. Like Thank you for the uh, sweet cappuccino. Cappuccino, a little chocolate on top. We appreciate that. You got any shoutouts? You got your family in the beginning. You got Matthew. I gave all the shout-outs for little now. Little Benjamin. Get a little, t- little We'll more start time. with those. You know, we'll see what comes. Okay, very good. I think we're done here uh, for now. And we'll take a little break and come back at it again. Go like us on Facebook. That's right. Dot com. And we appreciate your emails and shout-outs. We'll get to a few more of them in the next one. And uh, I think that's about it for tonight. So CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Ciao. Go read the book of Daniel and stay away from the world flesh and death. Blessings all. 